Today's podcast is sponsored by Youth Ministry Booster, an online youth ministry resource network that for $25 a month provides all the graphics, games, visuals, resources, and community support that you need to enhance your large group gatherings. Boost your youth ministry at www.youthministrybooster.com. Get everything you need to make your next teaching series great. Visit www.youthministrybooster.com and get boosted today. reflection in youth ministry. Whether you are 19 and are just getting started or have been serving in ministry for 19 years, we hope this weekly dose of honesty and humor helps. Welcome to After 9, the most honest conversation in youth ministry. Hey everybody, welcome to episode 67 of After 9. You guys are great and we are so thankful for your listenership and also your downloadship. Uh, last week, Chad and I got to put out the Productivity Booster free for all of our After 9 listeners, friends, and fans at youthministrybooster.com slash time. And you guys have downloaded it like gangbusters. So thank you so much. We hope that it is a helpful tool in organizing your day to make every day a little more effective and feel like you're really getting the things done that are the most important. If you haven't subscribed or rated or reviewed, please do so. Follow us on iTunes and Twitter at After 9 Ministry. We are so thankful for all of your support that way. On today's show, we have got a special guest of the podcast, a fellow podcaster and youth pastor out of Texas. I'm an Oklahoma guy, but I'll give it up for my good Texas friends when they're doing good. And his name is Seth Muse. And his podcast, Seminary of Hard Knocks, has got some excellent episodes on the things that you didn't learn if you're a seminary-going kind of youth pastor or if you're serving in the Seminary of Hard Knocks, which is to say you're serving in the church. I think you'll appreciate his honesty, his gut-check approach to doing ministry the hard way. And the right way is sometimes not the easy way. And so listen in for our new friend, Seth Muse, talking and answering all the honest After 9 questions and hear what he has to say to you about youth ministry today. Hey, everybody. Welcome to After 9. Hang with our new friend, Seth Muse from Seminary of Hard Knocks. Say hello, Seth. Hey, guys. How's it going? I'm glad to be able to sit down and talk with you guys. Oh, man. This is really exciting. So Seth is our new friend. Both a shared interest in youth ministry, both a shared interest in growing expertise in the way that we do ministry in the local church. But Seth, we we became friends because of podcasts, and that's what I love, man. Like this is like the new, this is like my new Facebook. Really, I'm just I'm making friends on podcasts because like I like their content. We share things back and forth. I mean, this is this is the new friendster, right? Like this is how we're going to make friends in 2017. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And you know, it's like we were talking earlier. It's a small community. There's people that do it, and you kind of get to know who they are and you just reach out and go, Hey, I like what you guys do. You know, what, what's, can I, can we talk sometime, you know, or whatever, and just kind of get to be friends. And, uh, I mean, that's how you make friends anyway, right? You find out what they like and you say, Oh, I like that. Talk too. It up. Yeah. I mean, well, that's, that's, uh, it takes me back to the day. So I said, maybe I don't want to date you. You look, you look about my age, but I don't want to date anybody. Did you ever do the Zanga thing back in the day? Were you a Zanga yeah. user? Yes. Yeah. yeah. I had the Zanga, I had the Zanga site, I had a MySpace. Okay. Okay. And uh, that was still alive. Where is still around? Is it still alive? Can you still log in? I, I have no idea. <laughs> I have no idea. It's okay. The oh man, I, I should check that. I don't know. Yeah. 
No, it's I, the other day I went and checked. It's real. It's real. So Seth, if, if you if you do know it's still real, post. Uh, we'll get the link in the show notes for old Zangus. But like that's I'm gonna that's go. How we, this is how youth pastors used to make friends when they were in college, and now youth ministry folk are making friends because of podcasts. And I just it's content creation. It's fun. It's silly. Um, but Seth, maybe share just a little bit um, how you got not to end the podcasting, but I think relevant for our after nine audience. How did you get into youth ministry? I mean, like, there's a lot of great things that you could be doing with your life. Uh, but why are you involved in the world of youth ministry and what kind of keeps you compelled to keep doing that? Yeah. Uh, when I was a kid, you know, I kind of always knew I wanted to go into the, the church world. So about the sophomore year in high school, I was very active in youth group. My youth pastor had just come on. He was he was awesome. And we went to a camp. You know, you have that moment, that high, that, that you feel like God is doing something. You don't know what it is. And then I kind of got in this fight with this kid. And uh, it, rather than punch him, I kind of walked out and punched the wall. And what's funny about that, I hit a stud and nearly <laughs> broke my hand. I mean, it just went numb immediately. And so I walk outside, you know, and I'm kind of sitting there and I'm trying to try not to get, you know, go back in there and fight this kid. Because I, I I knew that if I – he wasn't part of our church. So yeah. he wasn't a believer. And I knew that if I'd gone in there and, and gotten a fight, then he would get sent home. I would get sent home. He may not hear the gospel. That's actually what I was thinking. So the cool thing is that, you know, I felt right then. I was like, that's God saying to me, that's the kind of kid I've called you to reach. And you're going to have to restrain yourself on some things sometimes <laughs> because broken people do broken things, you know? And yeah. so, you know, I mean, gosh, save people do broken things. Mm-hmm. So it was a big lesson for me. And then the next day, I mean, the very next day at camp, he went down front. He accepted Christ. And I was like, okay, confirmation there that God is telling me some things. So I got into it from there. And even later he came to me and goes, hey, man, thanks for not, yeah. uh, you know, I'm sorry. Well, he didn't say thanks for not, but he said, I'm sorry about this fight. <laughs> yeah. You know, thanks for not kicking my butt, dude. You know, he right, didn't right, say right, anything right. like that, but he was like, hey, uh, I'm sorry about what happened. And, uh, you know, I, I, you know, whatever. So it was a really great experience. That's what got me into it. Um, I, last, last year was my last year in youth ministry. Okay. So I technically cut off for the year of 2016 okay. and spent the year in marketing, kind of de- developing what was going to be next, which is where le- it led me to the Seminary of Hard Knocks, which is a podcast and also blog at SethMuse.com. And it's really geared towards kind of telling everybody what all those experiences kind of summed up in me, you yeah. know, in youth ministry and some of those things that I learned and some of those things I did that were just stupid and you know, basically sharing the knowledge, sharing the things that I've I've gone through. And that's why it's called the Seminary of Hard Knocks. I didn't have a lot of training. I learned a lot of junk along the way. And it was usually through trial and error and kind of getting beat up along the way too. Yeah. So uh, a lot of experiences there that I just enjoy. I enjoy sharing with people. Sounds like you've had several years in youth ministry, doing the thing, working with the students. Uh, I love that kind of call Genesis story being from a place of like, literal literal catharsis like you are like releasing the frustration and the rage and and finding that god is moving in the life of the student because it's always i think sometimes in that like whirlwind in that like tumultuous time that god is probably speaking the most fiercely and it's just messing with the kid's world right like it's one of those like they are like wrecked by what god is doing in a way that can be made new yeah what is your favorite moment though like what is your favorite moment so hit the years of youth ministry what is one of the ones you look back and you're like, that was a good one. That was a real good one. Yeah. I've got a couple. I was trying to think 
about these moments because there's there's been a lot. I was in youth ministry for 17 years, and so all of, along the way, there's been a lot of those that are just yeah. like great. Um, one I would say one of the funny ones would be at a lock-in one night, and if you do lock-in, still God bless you. But um, I almost feel dirty saying it now. It's like they're like oh. they're like the hymns of youth ministry, oh. where like there are some people yeah. that like really celebrate it. There are other folks that feel trapped by it, and there are other folks that are finding ways to get out of it. Yeah, absolutely. Man, <laughs> man, we I used to go to sleep. I'd just go to sleep, and I'd be like the only adult. That's one of those things I'm like, God, I can't believe I did that. Please, please just, don't let anybody burn it down. <laughs> I'd go in the office and go to sleep and let them just do whatever they want. That's so dumb. But I did that, and uh, one of the nights, one of the kids fell asleep in my office before everybody would kind of wind it down. And so we set up slowly this video camera and brought the drum set in right next to him, piece by piece, until <laughs> – Without waking him up until finally we were just like, I clicked it off and just went crazy on the drums. <laughs> and he shot up so fast. And it was really funny. So that was a fun moment. But one of the great moments, I think there are two that I think about when I say, when when was youth ministry like the, I knew I was in the right place, the right time doing exactly yeah, what I needed yeah. to do. Um, a couple of years ago, I took a job, uh, you know, as a, as a worship pastor for a student ministry. Okay. And it was a really difficult situation. The previous guy had not really done a lot of structure. It was more just show up and do whatever you want kind of thing. Just play his guitar and get out of there. <laughs> yeah. I mean, he was a good guy and he loved the kids and they loved him. And But the, as far as like, what are we doing as a worship band? You know, what, Never really what, had the vision, yeah. No, nothing. It was like, let's show up, play some songs, and then have fun later, you know. And and I tried to bring to it – and I just come from like the mega church world, so I was really ultra – Excellence and you know production, if you, yeah. production. You're, if you're you, like handing out production schedules, and everybody's like, "What's yeah, this?" Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I, I, I was like, "Okay, we're going to go with planning center," and they go, "What's planning center?" Planning and center, I said, right, "Well, right. I understand if you don't know that, but here's what we're going to do." And when I laid it out, I was so excited, and they were like, "Right, no, bro, we're not doing that." No, no, no. And I was like, "Yes, <laughs> what's you the are. BPM?" <laughs> right, right, right. <laughs> you know, I was like, "Yes, you are, or you're not on this team." Right. And, and that's kind of where I had to back and soften a little bit and understand that these are kids and they're not, yeah. you know. So anyway, um, we went through a lot of change there. There was one student that just wouldn't get on board and would just undermine me right there in front of everybody on the stage. And I finally just had to say, hey, you're out. You're out. Yeah. But there were two um, two kids that stuck with it, and they got better on their instruments. And I, I was pulling some great stuff out of them. And, and typical youth ministry, you never find out the real impact you have until much later. Oh, dude, so, that, that is truth. True. You, know, you know what I mean? <laughs> so you're like, am I doing anything good? Is this working? And then like 17 years later, you might find out, man, you really impacted my life. It's like, really? I didn't I had no idea. Yeah. Thanks for if telling you, me. If you got into youth ministry for instant gratification, you uh, have picked the wrong profession. Like, yeah, the, all, all the good work, all the good words come many years later. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's so funny. It's like, here's your group that is used to instant gratification Right, you're not going to get any from them. Right. So, uh, on the compliments and and letting you know what what you're doing. So, mm. we, like, I left the church long after that. Uh, well, long, like four or five, three or four years. And uh, I'm in another church, and we and it was across town. So we we did a lot of things together because we had a real uh, desire for networking and and sure, yeah. being more of a regional group of youth ministries than just individual youth ministries reaching this region. And so we did a, a, a retreat together. They were in the band 
And I remember going in and this one girl who had, who would not sing in front of people was now playing guitar and singing on the team. And uh, the guy who played drums had gone off to college, but he had started this Twitter account. And now he's at uh, university of Arkansas, I think. And like running the whole FCA kind of getting people there. Thousands of people follow him. Thousands of people show up when he tweets things out. And he was so timid. I couldn't get him to hit the drums. So, I mean, he, I'm talking to these kids going, wow, that's great what you guys are doing. Somebody new walks up and, and I meet them who's now at their church and they start going, Oh, you don't know Seth? Man, Seth changed my life. Yeah. And they start telling him that kind of stuff right in front of me. And I'm like, Oh my gosh. Oh (laughs) man, I could like ride this for years. Where was that three years ago when I was feeling down? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, (laughs) When I had to fire that one kid, you know, that one kid, right, right, right. You guys were like, yeah, yeah. I hate this guy. (laughs) But that was a big one. And then last year, a couple years ago, there was a kid that showed up in my youth group and, um, he was from, he had Jewish, he was a Jewish kid and, um, it was in a community with a lot of Jewish presence. And so he came in just asking a ton of questions. We developed a friendship, and this kid, he was a junior in high, sophomore in high school. He kind of came off and on throughout the years and accepted Christ not too long after kind of connecting with us and just started to soak things up. But he moved away because of money in his family. And then Kara, my wife, and I, we have two kids of our own. They're 10 and 8. And so we had this extra room, and we just thought, Man, you know, we could offer it to this kid and then he could come back here yeah. and go to school where he with his friends and be near his mother again. Mm. Uh he lost his dad several years ago and um so he and his twin sister live with their mom. They just couldn't afford it. So she was moving out of the house and had to go to a apartment and we were just like we've got the space. I mean, why not? Yeah, you yeah. know, so he came and lived with us for about 6 months to a year. Um and that was just one of those moments where you go yeah, you know, this is the this is the side you don't ever see in the program, you know, right, but this is right. more what I I felt like we should be doing. Right. And so now he's you know, he's in college and you know, I I actually taught him how to drive. <laughs> you okay? <laughs> you know, it was like here's an 18-year-old kid who's never sat behind the wheel of a car and I'm like, "All right, well, here, come to go yeah. to the parking lot. You're going to learn how to drive." <laughs> yeah, yeah. It was like weird. I was like suddenly I had a teenage son, you know. Yeah. And uh so I had to learn how to parent you know, right, a teenager right. rather than just be a youth pastor and kind of be able to send them home, you know, whenever they got difficult or whatever. But, uh, so, so those are kind of the moments I, I'd say those are great moments in my youth ministry life. Man, and, and I got and, several more. I mean, just, and, and it's one of those, and it's so good to hear you share those things, man, because it is like those relationships are the things that are lasting, not just for the students, but for us, right? Like that's like to be yeah. involved in youth ministry, like even if you were like really proud of like a teaching series you did or like, a game that went really well or a camp that was like super memorable, like the yeah. things that you like sit down and journal about the things that you like reflect on the things that like when you wake up early and you're like making coffee in the morning thinking like, man, what is this all about? It's like, it's those faces, right? It's those relationships. It's those for, for all of the, the hopes to have a huge group for this and that it is the stories of ones and twos and threes um, that you were invited into and got to share that life on life stuff with. And so, man, thank you for yeah. sharing that. That's great. Yeah. But sometimes, though, yeah. it's not great. <laughs> Let's just be real. So, so yeah, sometimes, sometimes it is those ones and twos and threes, yeah. but other times it's not so great. And so one of the questions we always want to ask our guests for After Nine is, now, you, you 
stayed the course and you were involved for the long haul in youth ministry. But was there ever a night you almost quit? That you oh. almost just like, we're going to put the keys on the desk, hang it up and walk it out. And that was going to be the last night. Yeah. And, and just some personal revelation. That was a lot of nights. Okay. To be honest, you know, there's a, there was a lot of nights. And as you, you know, we typically hire youth pastors between the ages of, you know, 20 and 30-ish, you know, 35 might maybe. And so as as you in, get nearer that end of the spectrum, not to say that yeah. there aren't people that are older than that and they aren't doing great jobs. There are. Um, but just the typical, you get to the place where you go, you know, I'm, you get, it's not just you're getting too old. It's you're getting impatient. Okay. And and your patience wears thin and you kind of see the same things over and over. And I mean, they're in a transitional period. So you, again, you never see that gratification, you never see yeah. the end of the tunnel. You get them for this window yeah, and try to propel them to the next thing. Whereas yeah. you're not really seeing the benefits of your labor so much. So that can, that can really wear on you uh, in the background. And so for me, my patience kind of starts to wear thin. So I've got uh, there were a lot of nights, but the one that really just makes me go, that's that's the moment, that's the, the one. defining okay, okay. moment. There's, there's usually one that sticks <laughs> above the rest. <laughs> yeah, it it was a it was a couple of events leading up to. I mean, I just had these kids in my group that were older kids. They should have been leading, and I only had like 25 or so kids in the group. So these three seniors were really important. Yeah, I'd come in, and the previous guy had had gone and. Um, he went because he wanted to go. He didn't, he, well, for whatever reason. Yeah. So I come in and these three seniors, well, they were juniors at the time, but they basically treated it like you will never be our youth pastor. Oh, wow. And they just kind of made me feel like that. And so it, it was just pulling teeth. You know, it was out here, we're going to do this band thing, or here, we're going to do this on Sunday. And they're like, why would we do that? I don't want to do that. Why would we do that? Yeah. Just, yeah. Just very, very difficult. That's not how we do it. That's not what we do. Uh, and they just give me this attitude all the time. And I was trying to be friends with them. I'd take them out to eat. You know, I'd just really spend special time with them to try to hopefully build a relationship, you know. And so yeah. I spent all this time. And finally, I just kind of had it. So I was like, you know what? I want to have a meeting with you three. And I want you to tell me what it is. <laughs> basically, it was, I said it a lot nicer, but basically, what's your problem? Yeah. And, uh, and I, was, and right. I said, I what's promise. The deal? <laughs> yeah. I was like, I promise I'm not going to defend myself. I just want to hear you out because I thought okay. maybe if I hear them out, you know, maybe just being heard might help right, right, get over right. that hump. And they had a lot of issues with how the, the dismissal of the previous guy was going. They blamed the elder board when really they didn't do that. They tried to make him stay. Yeah. And so how many times is it, you know, bad information that we just, and I'm like, go talk to him. He will yeah. tell you I did this, you know, yeah. and they just kind of never believed it. So I let them, vent and and I heard some things in there that I just thought oh my gosh I've not only said that but that is such a flag like what are they we've been students here longer than the elder board have been elders what right do they have to tell us what to do you know what and I and when they said that I just was like okay hang on let me write that down I want to make sure I get that just right <laughs> you know right. what you think <laughs> and so I mean I was like I can't believe you said that that's such a huge flag um of, of entitlement and just kind of arrogance and so but you know, you expect that from students. You kind of expect there's an immaturity, there's going to be some sure. learning curve, and they're and they're working through some feelings, right? So I'm kind of like, all right, well, well, I got them a meeting with the elder board, 
to oh, come. Oh, so you were like running through the system. Though. You oh, were gonna, yeah. Okay. Yeah, I'm like, okay, you know yeah. what? You need to tell these guys. Here's how you, you feel. You were just opening up the gripe session. You were going to like like process the process. Okay. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm like, hey, you, they're like, we're adults. We know how to, I'm like, you know what? That's cool. Hey, I'll treat you like one. Let's go through the system. Church polity. I love it. You know, and I'm like, <laughs> let's let's have a meeting with them, and you can tell them exactly what your issue is. Yeah. Get it from their mouths. What happened? What is the problem? Why are things going the way they are? And so they're like, perfect. That's great. And I said, but I don't want to waste these guys' time, so I want you to go off here from here and write all this out. So we yeah. and and then I'll look at it and kind of help you be able to say it well, you know, and because writing is a skill, it helps you form you know really clarify your your ideas and thoughts. Yeah. Uh, that's why it's on job descriptions, you know, and, and for, for stuff like that. So can you write words? Yeah. yeah. Can you write words good in <laughs> yeah. the blanks? Best where words. They, the know? best words. Yeah. Yeah. So, so I was like, let's write them down. So they did. And they, I never saw the document. I think what happened was they saw what they wrote and then realized okay. how they sounded and yeah. decided against this meeting because it never happened. And okay. when they called me and said, uh, or I called them. I was trying to call them a lot and try to find out, okay, what's going on? When are we gonna? Are you gonna have this ready for this meeting that we've already got set? And they never responded. Finally, I get somebody and go, yeah, we talked about it, and we think it's just too late, so we're gonna just go to another church. That was the night I almost turned in the keys. That was the night I was like, man, seriously, I've really, because <laughs> because for me too, I'm working through my own issues, going, man, I've really done good at this. Yeah. I've really done this. I'm doing a great process. job here. Yeah, yeah. I'm doing a great job here, you know. And so I had to work through my own like arrogance and whatever. But it was like I, I was like, "Come on, guys, put in all this time, and yeah. I've worked with you for two years." And all right, so it was that moment. I was like, either I turn in the keys or I kind of let them go and yeah. worry about the kids that I do have and and try to build leaders in in them. So that's what I did. I just let them go. Man. And said, "Hey, we're here for you if you need us." And so, they tried to go down to another church, and my he was my friend, and he pulled him aside and go, "Why are you here? What do you, you do here?" <laughs> he knew what was going on, and you know, he's like, "Why are you here? You you're you're leaving for the wrong reason." So they never got closure on that, I don't think, but uh, they never came back. And we built, and we re- rebuilt, and uh, moved on. But that was the night I just thought, "Gosh, such a waste." You know, why am I even doing this anymore? They hate me so much. It's so true. And I think sometimes we can get caught up in those uh, senior students and like, I love them and you want to love all your kids, yeah. especially coming to a new place. Um, th- there are just certain things um, that you're not going to be able to turn the ship on fast enough for them because there is that mm-hmm. thing about youth ministry that's a limited window, right? Like it, it's the, the five, six, seven years that you get them mm-hmm. and either they're going to, they're going to dig in or they're not. And uh, that's tough. Uh, and, but uh, but part part of that is the reminder that hopefully there's always new students coming and there's going to be some that are getting it. And so, yeah. yeah. And it's just that that same old thing. It's like you have the three groups that you have to look at and be just real honest about who they are. You have your early adopters, your late adopters, and your non-adopters. Yeah. That's and right. That's and right. you can't spend a lot of time on your non-adopters. You just got to go with the ones that are going to be with you. There are some people that are just going to hate anything that you do because that is just how they feel positioned to be. And so yeah. the next question for you, because this is kind of our namesake question, and it relates to those nights that are maybe not nights you almost quit, but the nights that you're like very reflective. I mean, midweek programs, Sunday nights, whenever you're like putting it all together and there's that youth group gathering and you're like asking those things. The last kid is left. You're walking to your car. You're walking home. 
and you're thinking, did I blank or did I make a difference or was, was the night meaningful? Did anybody listen to me? And so I think for a lot of people, this is kind of like a solidarity question of what what, what is that question for you? Like what is kind of your process post like a gathering or a weekend or a happening as you begin to kind of do like the self-evaluation, the thought process for, for what just happened? Yeah, I think my big question was, did everything go like I wanted it to and why didn't it if it didn't? Okay, okay. Uh, you know, and I think because because when I always focus first on that, because that's how we improve is focus on the things that didn't go right and how can we do better. If we just pat ourselves on the back a lot, you know, we end up doing you know, missing a lot. So right. that was, that's a big question. The other big question is I, I, I try to, f my wife was in our youth ministry too. Uh, not in the youth ministry, but she was like a, a volunteer. Well, hold on, that's a, that's a yeah. <laughs> She's volunteer. She was a volunteer. Absolutely. She was yeah, there. Yeah. She saw it. And so I would always ask her when I got home. Okay. Um, just the main, the main questions like about the message mostly. Yeah. And, and since she was a small group leader about small groups too, okay. um, I would say, did what I said make sense? Okay. You know, and then I would say, and did the small group lesson connect well? Because they were kind of an extension of messages. Kind of right? message into the small group kind of stuff. Yeah. Right. It was like, I'm going to talk for a second, and then you're going to give feedback to your small group leader and kind of discuss okay. it. And that, okay. that was my format. And so um, it was always, did that connect? Did it okay. make sense? Yeah. Did uh, Did you have good discussion? Okay. I think if kids are talking back, I think that's always a good indicator that they engage with what either I said or what was the topic of the night. So, yeah. Um, if if it was a a worship song or whatever that connected them to that, you know, because we try to make everything flow together, right? Then that was great. You know, I just wanted to know how did it hit those kids mm. with you know the the content. You know, is is the spirit moving in their lives? You know. And so I got a lot of good good stories just from her group because I mean I had her undivided attention you know at home but I try to ask other leaders to find okay. out but yeah. that that was pretty much my my go tos was that was that pretty much immediate for you is that one of those like as soon as is the night's over you're ready to kind of talk about it and ask those questions or like when is that kind of yeah. is, is that kind of like the frame of mind is like it happens and now I want to know yeah and I think because it's fresh. Okay. And it allows me to go back through the night. And then if I wait till the next morning, I don't, I don't know, most people are are different. You know, it depends on how you are with this, but I would forget. I'd forget so much by the morning. Okay. I'd go home and have the tendency to be like, don't think about anything except this video game I'm playing now. You know, yeah, it's yeah, like yeah. I'm done. Unwind. Yeah. Yeah. Because, I mean, not only is it, you know, because it, it's so emotionally taxing, not just physically yeah. taxing. And when you do, when you get both of those things, you wear out. I mean, you're extremely tired at the end of the night. So you go home and, and especially if you're like I was, I was leading the worship team. I led the game. I spoke, I wrote the small group, you know? And so I, I'm, I'm all the bits and producing bobs, yeah. yeah, all yeah. of this and then running all this if, yeah. if, if I don't have the help I need. So anyway, it's, it's very taxing. And so you go home and I'll forget. So I wanted to talk about it right then and just see, and I'd, write my notes down, you know, before I went, went to bed, you know, what did I think about that way in the morning yeah. I'd go, Oh yeah. Yeah. We Get didn't even address that. Yeah. Uh, Cause it was just fresh on my mind. One of the things we talked about earlier is that, you know, most of us start off in youth ministry when we're a little bit younger, uh, huh? maybe twenties, maybe mid twenties, college for some of us. Um, what, what is something that now after years of service and kind of, you know, closing this kind of chapter and thinking about the next things and, and part of what your ministry even now is, you know, what is something you would tell first year Seth? Like if you could go back, time machine, walk into the room and say, hey, man, 
you need to know this. This is the thing you need to know before you start doing this ministry stuff. What would you say? Yeah. Um, I wrote some of that down. I have an ebook about it. Okay. Um, but the main thing I would say is don't do everything you know how to do in the okay. first year. Okay. You know, just pace yourself, be patient, take your time and do a few things really well and then build on it. <clears throat> for some people that's faster than, than others. But for me, it was, I always thought, okay, I'm the new guy. Now we need to launch a, a, a great program. We got to, we got to go to camp. We got to do a mission trip. We've got to go all these places that we've always gone. Yeah. And sometimes when you come into a new place, you're kind of stuck with that. Yeah. And, and so you're like, Okay, we're going on a mission trip. Okay, we're going on a camp. We got to do those things. But then, but there's places they always go. Just go there. You know, yeah. don't come in and go. I love going to yeah. this camp, so we're going to go there this year. Now that I'm the guy, I mean, you don't right, have to right, do right. that. Just don't do all that yet. Just come in, get to know the group, just hang out, let it be easier for you to just yeah. develop those relationships. Because don't make it your youth ministry. Make it a great youth ministry. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Just yeah. you know. So I would say be patient. And the other thing about me when I was a kid, you know, kid, I guess, uh, when I was in 20, my twenties, I, Dude, uh, when you, when you hit 30, twenties feels like a kid. <laughs> it does. It does. And you feel that. And like, no, if you're no, in twenties no. now, you're going, I am not, you know, and, and I get yeah. that. Yeah. Uh, but hey, 20 is, year old friend, imagine yourself in middle school. You were a kid. 10 years is a kid's difference. <laughs> it is. It's a, it's a difference in a generation. I'm 37 now, you know, I'm about to be 38 this month. Yeah. So it's been, uh, it's been a while for me. And right. And so um, the other thing I would say for me is I was I was pretty headstrong. I mean, I knew stuff and I was probably right about a lot of it. But um, the way I went about kind of conducting myself and, you know, bypassing politics and all the things that you kind of hate about the job, you know, those are there and you have to kind of play that game. But I would say that the, the most valuable lesson that I learned through all that was that to be a good leader, I first had to be a proven follower, like a good okay. follower. Yeah. Because there's so many things you learn about leadership by being led. And if you're a leader that can't be led, you're actually not a very good leader. Mm. And because everyone has a boss, everyone has somebody they report to. Yeah. And so it's 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 learning where you have the most impact and being happy with that. That's good. And, and I think that as a as a first time youth pastor, my intention was to come in and be the Holy Spirit for these kids. And that's just not <laughs> what I was there to do. Uh, you know, I'm going to revolutionize this place. I'm going to change right, it. Right. I'm going to give them stuff they always wanted. And it's going to be awesome. And you know what? It was. You know, we went from 20 to 100 in about six months. And there were kids driving 30 miles to come to our youth group because they'd heard about it. And it was in small East Texas town, you know. But I mean, still, that's that's huge. Yeah. And so that really does massage the ego and kind of encourage you to think that I'm doing it right. Yeah. And, yeah. and man, when people come in and tell you to do it differently, your first inclination is, well, I'm having success. So you can just yeah. go shut up. I'm doing it right. So I'm, I'm clearly I'm doing it right. Yeah. You know, so uh, it just develops. I would tell myself just be patient, but learn to follow uh, and learn to find your place in the ministry and, and do the best that you can do. It's like Andy Stanley says, do do, only do what only you can do. And, That's right. You know, but I always add, unless it's only you, and then do you do everything. Do, do what you can do. What you can do. <laughs> do what you can do. That's yeah. right. That's right. You do what yeah. you can do. That's you, good. You can, you, you, can, you, can, you can do only what you can do unless it's only you, and then you got to do what you can do. No, exactly. Uh, you're welcome, Andy Stanley. That's the uh, modification <laughs> for the quote, and uh, we'll make sure that you tag us in the tweet. Well, dude, that's great. Yeah. Um, 
but our audience for all the heartfelt stuff. And I mean, I, I appreciate your stories and your honesty and, and the way that you've kind of echoed you know, growth in the life of your time as a minister. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of folks just want the practical man. So for last question, what is a practical tip, application or process that is making your time, your life easier, more streamlined, effective, efficient? Like g- give us a goodie. Give us a goodie. Okay. <laughs> um, I would suggest looking at your model and how you minister. Uh, when I grew up, it was Acts 2. When I started, it was Acts 2. You know, this idea of the the five purposes of the church being found in Acts 2, the Willow Creek model and things like that that were, were big, Doug Fields or the purpose-driven church purpose-driven life, you know, whatever. Um, I think that the, that the culture has changed and, and I think the Acts 2 model is still good to reach adults maybe, but to reach students, we have to move from Acts 2 to Acts 17. And Acts 17 is where Paul goes into the Areopagus and he says, Hey, this statue to the unknown God. And he explains who God is. And I think explaining and documenting and and that kind of thing is more valuable to this generation okay. than because um, they're, because they're growing up in Bible belt areas, but they don't have the education that we had. Yeah. I mean, we kind of understood what, it, what sin was. We understood what, um, you know, the Bible was in a, in a general sense, at least. Yeah. And here in the Bible belt, in Texas, and you're in Oklahoma, you know, you yeah. know, we grow up and everybody's a Christian. Well, right. that's not the case anymore. You know, sure. there are kids now in junior high going, I'm an atheist. I've never known anything about God, and I don't yeah. even know if he exists. So we have a Gnostic generation. We have a um, we have a, a, a very secular generation growing up that don't understand those basics that we grew up with, understanding just as givens. Why wouldn't you have the Ten Commandments at the at the you know public in a public place? You know where where laws are given. The laws are based on Ten Commandments. Well, this generation goes, no, they're not. They're based yeah. on just basic moral understandings. Yeah. And, and you're like, whoa, whoa, what happened? What happened? Where's that disconnect? So Acts 17 has Paul going to this group and explaining who God is. I mean, basically going all the way back to the beginning and saying, in the beginning, God created us. And they're like, yeah. whoa, buddy. Yeah. Yeah. Whoa. And it's like they have a problem with that. Not right, just, right, 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 right. oh, Jesus dying on the cross. He came back to life. Come on. No, that's the end of the story now. And you got to go through that whole thing to explain what was God doing? Why is sin a problem? What needed to be done? What is all this killing in the Old Testament? Yeah. What was it leading to? You mean they predicted, oh, and here's this Messiah, and then he died. Why do you have to die? Well, the Old Testament, and you have to go through all that, and and you can't just kind of expect them to know. So I think moving to an Acts 17 model, I think there's it, it could be a little more successful for youth ministry. Okay. Um, kind of the, the taking to instead of the gathering of, yeah, okay. yeah. It's more it's more about just instructing and explaining. I think okay. that there's just so much that they don't know, yeah, and it doesn't make sense to them. I mean, this looks like a crazy cult sometimes to the culture because we're talking about things they have no handles for in their regular right, life, right. you know. So I, I think that's a big that's a big practical look at your ministry and go, are we on this model? I think apologetics have made a big rise. Mm-hmm. Um and I think this is why. Because mm-hmm. there is a need to understand and, and sadly a lot of Christians and a lot of pastors don't have that depth of knowledge. Yeah. You know, when a kid comes to you and go, Hey, Jesus is just a copy of the Horus story from ancient Egypt. Yeah. You know, the pastor that goes, Who's Horus? Horus. You know, like, yeah. It's like <laughs> Yeah, that's right. No, that's right. That's you know what I mean. 
Yeah, I mean, well, welcome, welcome to the the Google YouTube generation. Where, exactly, you know, and they're like, they're oh man, this guy is easy. This guy doesn't even know who Horace is. Yeah, you know, what it's a like, dummy. Yeah, it's like yeah. who needs to know who Horace is? I mean, honestly, yeah, it's right. it's such a small section, but it's it's an argument and it's a bad one, but it's out there. Right. Uh, you know, so that kind of thing is where this generation is. They can Google stuff. They can say, yeah. why is Christianity false? Eighteen different pages from scholars will show up. Why yeah. is Christ- Christianity true? Same thing. Yeah. You know, it's like pick one. You pick who you believe. That's how that. Right. That's how they see it. That's right. That's right. So you're going to have to explain why it's true. Why do we need this? Why is this important? And that's such a big chunk of what youth ministry is now. It's just educating them on the basics, which is... Man, big questions require us to have big answers, right? No, that's good. Big answers in simple ways. You know, that's digestible. Uh, So that's, that's my takeaway. I would look at our ministries and go, are we really speaking the language of this generation? Mm. You know, because the language of the generation isn't just wrapped up in entertainment and fun. Yeah. Because I think those are very important for youth ministry too. I think your entertainment, your fun, uh, is 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 a big part. You know, even though the, I know we're not competing with like Hollywood and stuff because we can't. Say, but, we're never going to be more fun than uh, than Hollywood or MTV. No, we're or not. Halo. Yeah, yeah. But <laughs> but if but who likes going somewhere where they frown all the time? You know, it's like we got to do that. I think churches can do better at that. But my big thing is once they get in the door, or, or when you're hopefully going to them in the regular community spaces, what is what is the real goal? And now I think to explain to explain who God is and why He cares about them. Uh, if, if our listeners wanted to connect with you some more, I know that you kind of mentioned at the top, there's some different resources and links, but, but how do they follow up and connect with Seth Hughes a little bit more? Sure. Um, first, I'm on Twitter. And honest, well, honestly, the best way is just go to my website, sethmuse.com. Okay. Uh, it's a blog, but you can get all my social handles there. You can find the podcast there. Uh, the Seminary of Hard Knocks podcast is on iTunes and Google Play. So you can search there. And um, yeah, otherwise, Twitter. This it's uh, at the Seth Muse. Uh, Seth Muse was taken, so the, the Seth, Seth Muse. Muse got it, got it. <laughs> is uh, is my Twitter handle, so you can get me there, um, or Instagram, just Seth Muse, and cool, find me there. Big thanks again to our new friend Seth Muse. Make sure to go check out SethMuse.com for the blog, podcast, and connecting with Seth. Keep up the good work, youth pastor. Work hard, work diligently, and continue to grow. Because you are leading young people that are looking for kind, maturing, growing believers. Let them follow in the way that you lead. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening to After 9. To continue the conversation, find us on Twitter or Facebook at After 9 Ministry. Or visit www.afternineministry.com to subscribe and learn more.